0: Welcome to this installment of the MM MM&M Podcast. I'm your host this week, Steve Madden. I'm the Editor-in-Chief and General Manager of MM MM&M. And with me today, I'm very excited about our podcast today because with me are Andrea Gaiman, Chief Experience Officer of Helio, and Matt Holland, Helio's Chief Commercial Officer. Welcome.
1: Good morning.
0: Good to be here. Thanks for for coming into uh, Global Headquarters uh, on this cold day I uh, appreciate you guys making the effort how are you
2: good doing really well yes. yeah yeah
0: so um, we're here to talk about helio um, and you know it's like we were saying before we get started I like to uh, I like to set up the podcast so that anyone could just parachute in mm-hmm. and understand it it's part of what we're trying to do is to to make our brand more accessible by explaining what your brand is all about so sure. so tell me Matt what
2: what is helio so Helio, um, and I guess it's important to back up to, to think about the, the foundation of the company. So Helio is owned by uh, the Slack family. So we're owned and operated by a family that started the company close to 100 years ago. Um, as a traditional publisher, uh, meaning you know, journals and tabloids and the like, but also books and, and other things. But uh, fast forward to where we are now. So Helio.com and Andrea can talk in much more detail about this as a as a platform encompasses both uh, a whole suite of publications that we still produce and then on the other side we have helio live which is also a series of live meetings that we run uh, in different specialties for healthcare providers so it really encompasses uh, print digital and, and a live platform that covers, you know, close to 25 or so specialty
0: audiences. And tell me a little bit about those specialty audiences. It looks, you know, can't quite do the A to Z. Uh, I was looking at the site, but we can do A to S yeah. uh, sports therapy. Tell me a little bit about what uh, what you do.
2: So I, I think from uh, the perspective of, and Andrea can, can chime in on this one for sure, Instead of being a primary care publisher that then tried to serve specialty audiences, we started as a specialty publisher. And that's why you'll see a lot of deep roots in in those markets that a lot of folks don't serve. Um, Eye care, orthopedics, you know, places that are very, very specialized, but we've been in for 30, 40, 50 years in some cases. So... We sort of took that approach with the development of Helio, and maybe Andrea wanted to, yeah. want to talk a little bit about um, that. So
1: We started launched Helio in um, 2012, and our primary mission and focus with it was to be um, specialty first and not just primary care. So Helio is our platform for um, healthcare professionals to be able to get uh, daily news feed, which we have every day, um, as well as CME and journals.
0: And they're peer-reviewed journals, right?
1: They are, right? yes.
0: How does the business break down um, you know, in those sort of those three main areas, uh, digital, print, and
2: events? So I, I think like most publishers, we've seen you know, some of the contraction on the print over the past, gosh, I've been doing this over 20 years, so going way back to, to the early mid-90s. Um, we still have a pretty healthy print business, but we've seen a pretty explosive growth on the digital Side In addition to a real focus on programmatic, so we actually have a a programmatic offering um, that is non-endemic as well. And then I think like most folks, seeing the shift to uh, with an audience that we have on Helio, how do you serve the appropriate content to them through potentially sponsored programs? So the custom work that we're doing is starting to to grow as well because we have the ability to reach certain audiences that industry is interested in reaching as well. So, uh, so essentially, you're a publisher. We and we, we're pretty proud of that. I mean, a lot of folks don't want to say they're a publisher anymore, but we are a publisher, and we produce a, a boatload of content on a on a daily basis. But we believe real strongly in the roots as a as a print publisher, and we've just sort of evolved, and which is really kind of cool to think about um, the family ownership and competing with some of the companies that we collectively compete against that are monolithic and publicly traded and owned by large private equity groups, we're not that. And I think that's a, a great thing and I, that's why I enjoy the work that we do.
1: Yeah, and I would I would just add to that. Um, while we are a traditional publisher, I think with Helio, we've seen over the last um, eight years our increase in focusing on our audience and um, harnessing technology. Um, to support that audience um, through different products that we're launching. Um, We are using a customer data platform to understand more about our audience. Um, We also this year, or I should say last year, we're in 2020 now, acquired um, a journey mapping software as well as investing in um, data and analytics, um, which is moving us forward and supporting the types of things that we're doing of understanding our audience, understanding their needs and starting to create um, not just news, but other types of education to support them. Um, And one of those examples I'll give you is um, we launched a podcast called Ruminations. There are 5,500 rheumatologists in the U.S. (laughs) It's
0: It's a rheumatology (laughs) podcast. Yes.
1: You like that one? Um, So it's a smaller audience and um, um, the physician who's doing the podcast, Adam Brown. He's um, uh, younger and up and coming, and he's really passionate about this, you know. And we're we're supporting um, different types of mediums for different audiences, and um, we're seeing, you know, an average of twelve hundred downloads um, a month. Again, to sort of serve education, not just um, Helio online, but, you know, as you and I are traveling in our cars, uh, listening to podcasts and Mm -hmm. and, and sort of Mm -hmm. supporting education that way.
0: That's great. You raised a a really interesting point, Andrea, when you said, you know, you're using technology to understand the audience. Um, It's so important to know not just what their habits are when they're, um, you know, when they're reading or listening, but it's really important to know who they are too, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about how you how you go about identifying the audience, learning more about it, um, mapping their behaviors and, you know, the, the, the journey as uh, to use your word? Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Um, so our customer data platform, um, we've always had a sort of a CRM that pulled together all of our um, data with our audiences, and um, we're just starting to try and do a better job of um, – looking at things that we've done in the past, but also starting to understand our audience a little bit more. What times of the day are they opening, let's say, for example, our Helio uh, Minute that comes out in the mornings? What time of day are they doing CME? Are there clusters and patterns in their behavior of when they're doing certain things? And how can we do a better job um, of understanding what they're engaging with when, where, why, um, to to serve them better. We we all have different needs. We all have different priorities. And we see those differences across the different specialties too. Um, No one specialist is the same as another. So how can we do a better job um, to provide news, education, peer review, information to them at the times that they need it? Can you give me an
0: example about that? No, you know, you said no two specialists uh, are alike uh, in their behaviors. It would be really—I'm you know, not asking you to divulge trade secrets. <laughs> um, I guess we are competitors a little bit. Um, but if you—if you'd care to talk about it, I'd love to know how the behavior of one uh, one specialist differs from the other. Are like you know, are, are cardiologists late night people, or or uh, ophthalmologists more likely to be reading in the morning?
2: yeah and i think we we have seen that and and looking at you know different specialties consuming different types of information at different times of day supports you know both sides of what we do so editorially for the, for the information that we produce on a daily basis you know that's important but then also when we're talking to companies that are interested in reaching those audiences we know what format might make the most sense or the length of the content the type of content that sort of thing so and to your point without divulging uh, potentially trade secrets we understand that if you're looking at trying to reach a cardiology audience as compared to endocrinology as compared to oncology based on what we know about our users from at least from a commercial perspective we may recommend different types of things as potential solutions so you know knowing your user serves kind of both sides of our business and that's something that we're you know, extremely focused on and
0: so Andrea, you're uh, you're in charge of user experience, um, and you've recently undergone sort of a, a rebranding or a refresh. Can you talk a little bit about about that?
1: Sure. Um, so two years ago, um, we went down the path of really making user experience a focus. Hence, um, I position, it's our first uh, chief experience officer position within the company. And um, user experience really is all about what can you understand about your users? What are they trying to accomplish? And what problems are you solving for them? So the first thing that we tackled Um, with user experience on our website was our CME portion of the platform. Um, This relaunched the 1st of November, and the main goals was, you know, how can we make this a more easier, better experience for our um, HCPs who are taking CME? So the first thing that we did was... Try to do a better job of understanding what they are doing with the existing site. Um, so I was fortunate and able to do some um, grassroots usability testing. Um, so I went got to, to meet the users. Got to meet the users. Um, I was able to set it up at our meeting, um, Hemong Today in New York. Um, so I was able to get oncology and nurse practitioners at that meeting. And so the goal of the... How, how, yeah. willin,
0: how willing were they to, to work with you on that?
1: That's, that's always
0: the, an interesting part about
1: this. It, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's it's tricky to, to yeah. recruit people. As you know, um, oncology audience is pretty tough with their time, um, but we were able to get some um, at the meeting, and the whole thing with a usability test is you're confirming that they can actually do some basic tasks with your website. So um, what I'll say to you is when we went through it, um, the reaction um, was it was sobering. Um,
0: for, for whom? <laughs> <laughs> for all
1: involved. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you the example when I say um, sobering. Um, so I was able to do the usability testing with um, an oct- oncologist. I won't say his name. But um, he was going through it, and one of the activities I had him do um, was for ABIM credits. So at the end of the CME, you have to put in your date of birth. So um, what did we surface for him to put in his date of birth? We surfaced a calendar of today, like he is going to, you know... Book a flight. He's going to book a flight today, and he needs
0: the calendar. So, whoops, you need that roll thing. <laughs> I had to. I had
1: to watch him click back to 1965 from 1999. And you know, this this is something that you won't think about unless you have them go through the whole experience. So, we're using heat maps. We're doing usability testing in person, we're doing it remote, um, and we were able to take all of that data, um, how people are using the site, the feedback, the surveys, the pain points, and um, after getting all of that research, we then went off to ideate and say, how can we make this experience better? And along the way, we're testing, and um, we couldn't be more prouder of, of what we've launched, and talking about metrics and data again, um, what were we going to have as our KPIs right. for, for re-engineering this experience? A lot of time and energy went into it. What are we hoping to get? So in addition to making it easier um, for our HCPs, where we've gotten is um, encourage them to do more more CME at that point of care. And the other thing that we were able to show and we have shown we've seen about an 18 percent increase of people who after they start the activity and get through it they become a learner they take a test they get the certificate and we're
0: seeing about an 18 percent increase after just experience improving that experience that's amazing yeah. that's uh that's a huge gain um you're listening to the mmnm podcast i'm steve madden we're here talking with uh with helio matt um yeah. So if you've got this 18% lift Mm -hmm. from the user experience, that's great. What does it mean
2: commercially? So I'm sitting here nodding as Andrea talks about this, because when you're sitting in front of a customer who wants to know what you're doing to to better reach and better engage and better uh, attract the audiences that they're interested in, we can talk about all this. So the usability testing, everything we've done from a UX perspective, and you know, with all due respect to some other companies who may or may not invest in those resources we have. And so it really resonates you know, from a commercial perspective, because if you're talking about what you've done, that means that whatever investment they may want to make with you, they know there's some substance behind it and the ability to kind of get to the audience that they're most interested in. So the the development and the UX process, and from my perspective, goes kind of hand in hand as we are trying to, to get support and, and sell different types of programs. Because At the end of the day, they're interested in the audience and we're showing that we're investing in trying to better serve the needs of those users. And and how's that been received? Uh, Really well so far. I mean, from a, uh, you know, we go back to some of the work that we do on on the custom side from a promotional perspective. uh, We're seeing some significant growth year over year um, because of the ability to to better attract an audience. Um, The digital part, non-custom, is growing as well. So... It's uh, it's all positive heading into 2020, so we're pretty excited about that. That's great. Yeah. So that's 2020. Yeah. Get your work cut out for
0: you. What about 2021?
1: Um, I, I'll, I'll jump yeah. in. Um, so uh, other things that we're aligning our sort of user experience and, and technology is to try and keep us at the forefront. Um, things like machine learning and voice is sort of top of mind for us. Um, so in addition from going from CME, we're also now, I'm moving on to, with our editorial team, um, improving our news experience and helping, again, provide better clarity with the site and our offerings. Um, So tied with that, behind the scenes, we're working to make sure all of our content is tagged the most relevant way Mm -hmm. um, so that we can surface, again, things better for our users. We've been looking at machine learning in terms of our recommendations for people. Um, So the easy way for me to explain it is if Steve, let's say in CME, um, you're an oncologist, you've taken these five activities, and then Matt, he's an oncologist, he's taken the fourth four of those five activities. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, Matt, maybe more likely to take that fifth one because you have and people like you. So we're using that type of technology along with our um, how we classify our content to, again, better serve machine learning sort of recommendations. Um, also the way that we're structuring and looking at our content, um, will also set us up hopefully the future with looking at voice. And I think our focus for 2020 is to continue to support, um, physician HCP learning and education in the mediums that they need in the places that they want, such as, you know, launching these podcasts to, to again, continue to help support them.
0: So you know all of this is designed uh to keep you competitive mm-hmm. um but 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 speaking of competitive, the news realm is unbelievably competitive um and tough It's a really tough uh market how How are you going about um, setting yourself apart with with the news that you deliver
2: because there's plenty of sources for that. What yeah. makes you guys unique uh, I think um and it's always dangerous when a commercial person talks about editorial. So I'll try to be <laughs> careful. Um, no, but I, I think... I just, actually I actually <laughs> love to hear the commercial
0: people talk about editorial um, because I yeah. like to hear how people talk about uh, talk yeah. about the product and how right. it's perceived.
2: No, and no, I think that that's a great point. Just to, to build on what Andrew was saying, you, know, you mentioned 2020, 2021, um, with GDPR and all the, all the issues you have around data and privacy, as we build out first-party relationships, um, everything... is doing and we're doing from a content perspective, strengthens those first party relationships, which I think will be critically important as this all evolves. Um, From a news perspective, you know, we produce, I think, close to 100 pieces of original content a day. Um, And to your point earlier, what makes us different, it's deeper and much more specialty focused. So people know to come to Helio. And it's been, you know, I've only been there about a year and a half, but it's an interesting you, know, you think about the evolution from the print product to Helio being the, the flagship brand, but it's Helio with Ocular Surgery News and Helio with Orthopedics right, Today. Right. Um, the timeliness, the relevance, the depth of the, the specialty specific coverage is what keeps people interested. And to your point, there are a lot of people out there producing content, but we've seen you know, significant year over year active user base growth. So thankfully our colleagues in editorial are, are doing a pretty good job. Um, so. Shout out! Yeah, yeah, for,
0: for sure. Um, you're listening to the mm podcast. I'm Steve Madden. I'm with uh, Andrea Gaiman and Matt Holland from Helio. Um, really interesting stuff that you guys are talking about developing. Um, and I know from um, from my own experience that what you're talking about isn't cheap, uh, it, and it does not come easily. Um, which is, you know, not exactly what you would expect in today's current media environment although you know uh, Axios reported this morning that mm-hmm. that some digital publishers are starting to turn the corner to profitability uh, including Axios um, and um, and that's great news for all of us um, basically the larger uh, entities uh, are in good shape and mm-hmm. niche publishers, um, such as yourself and, and uh, Haymarket Media um, are, in, uh, are in a good position. But there's something else about Helio um, that, that, is, that is advantageous for you guys, and that is the fact that you're family owned and operated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that insulates you a little bit from some of the, the more buffeting winds. Uh, that, that both the industry and the economy uh, are subject to. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? And you know, I'm not sure to what extent um, the family's involved, um, if, if at all, or if they just step back and say, you, know, you guys are the experts, you run it. Um, but it's, it, it can be a comfort to be family-owned and operated.
2: I mean, from, from my perspective, because Andrea's been here a long time, like I said, I've been here close to a year and a half, I'm pretty passionate about this part of it because um, having done this sort of work for over 20 years, I started out in a private equity-owned environment. Um, We were sold a couple of times, and there it was all about the bottom line and the next sale. And then I went to a place that was publicly traded, no longer is. Um, There was quarter to quarter. And so, um, you know, I talk about the fact that the way we look at things and, and the UX process is no different. It's methodical. You know, you don't have these external pressures where you need to get to, we obviously are a for-profit company, but we're not pressured by external forces and factors. Um, Family is still very much involved. Peter Slack, uh, who owns the company, is our president, and he's actually in Hawaii right now at one of the meetings we run in in iCare. And so um, it's a wonderful thing where you've got the stability of the family ownership and the input but then there's also this idea that you can take the the right approach to what the user's needs are, not necessarily what's the shortest path to the best financial gain. Right,
0: Andrea, it must make designing the user experience um, uh, a little bit easier.
1: It, it, it definitely makes it a, a little easier, a lot easier, because um, we have sort of the flexibility. The whole thing with um, user experience is collaboration among departments. Um, it's, a, it's a lot easier to do that. It's a lot quicker to do things. And these are the things that I think make us advantageous um, in terms of not having to go through, let's say, a, a lot of red tape. We're, we're working collaboratively. Um, I've been here 23 years and I, I'm so proud of the direction that we're taking and that, that's a credit to the leadership, um, Peter Slack and John Carter and the way that they um, are constantly um, keeping up to date with what's going on externally and um, pushing and, and investing and I think that's why we're, we're able to be so successful.
0: Well, the fact that you've been there 23 years, uh, that almost says everything you need to know, right? It um, does. I've had- um, both about the environment and about you. Um, I mean, this is not an industry known for 10 years that, that length, so it really says something. Um, listen, is there if, uh, if there's any one thing, or maybe two things, <laughs> Could be even be three things <laughs> that uh, that you really yeah. that you really want people to know about uh, about Helio and mm-hmm. where you're at
2: right now and where you're headed. What would that be? From from my perspective, and if you're thinking about sort of the external customer that we work with, uh, because of the size, because of the ownership, because of the, the legacy, we don't take a one size fits all approach. So we're not monolithic. And you know, if you're looking for X, we'll we'll give you Y. I mean. We think about whatever the needs are and whatever the right approach is, and we're able, because of the, the structure we have, to come up with custom solutions in a situation where other companies may not. And so, you know, from a commercial perspective, that makes li- our lives a lot easier because you're actually allowed to say, you need to do this, let me take it back, let's see if we can figure it out, instead of, no, we only do this, this, and this. And so, I love the fact that we've got scale, we've got size, but we also have not lost the fact that we need to, to look at what the needs of our customers are in addition to users. Sure. Yeah. Andrea, what do you think?
1: Um, I, I think the the biggest thing with um, Helio under the, the whole WireNote group is just um, it, it's a very innovative group of people. Um, we are constantly um, looking into our um, customers, uh, as I hope that you've taken from this podcast um we're really trying to support them through you know daily news different types of education and just um kind of this perfect conversion of data marketing technology and content is really coming together
0: great it's really uh sounds like a really impressive effort Uh, and and i applaud you for the work that you've done um I really appreciate you coming in. Again, as I uh, said at the top of the cast, it's uh, it's a cold, windy day. I appreciate you guys coming in. Um, this is Steve Madden, editor-in-chief of MM&M. You've been listening to the mm m podcast. I've uh, been with uh, Andrea Gaiman and Matt Holland from Helio. Guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time.
1: Great story. Thanks, thanks, thanks for much, having Steve. us.
0: Appreciate thank you.